Welcome to the show. I'm Mikey. And it's your girl Zay Day. We are two social justice warriors dedicated to dismantling systems of oppression through a black, black queer, queer feminist lens. Feminist lens. Yes, this podcast will cover a variety of topics ranging from politics in our country to which new bop you can twerk to. Hey. <laughs> yep. And while we're twerking, y'all can start following. Search Black to the Future on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Join in the conversation. And don't forget to leave positive reviews for us on your streaming platforms. Yes, please leave positive reviews. With the reach of this podcast, we desire to change the world one episode at a time. Yep, and I think it's time we get started, don't you think? Yep, let's get it! The The past past is gone, gone. the present present is an adventure. adventure. Looks like it's time to to go go black to the future. future. Cue the theme music. (laughs) Yeah. episode on season two of Black to the Future. Beep, 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 beep. Oh, yeah, I thought I lost the air horn. Think again. <laughs> y'all thought y'all escaped the air horn. Nice try, girls. <laughs> so I am so happy to be coming to y'all one more time and just bliss and happiness. You know, after this Mercury retrograde, like, I don't know, like, she was running backwards. She's a runner. She's a track star. She was running backwards, this thing, like, backwards. It's been an interesting last few weeks, but you know what? We gonna make it work, and we gonna keep pushing forward. Hello? A man, a man, and most importantly, a woman. So, obviously, I'm here today alone, but I want to make this kind of a quick smaller episode because I have some really amazing upcoming interviews and episodes with some folks that I really admire and look up to. So please make sure that y'all stay in tune for those upcoming episodes. They really about to be it. Like I'm so gagged. I'm so excited that I was able to like get these people. Anyway, I'm so excited. Um, speaking of which, some of the people that I was able to collab with recently was on Marsha's Plate podcast. I got to host their four year anniversary episode. And if you know me, I have been raving about Marsha's Plate for the longest time. Like, oh my God. So shout out to, uh, Diamond Styles, Mia and Z. Like y'all, 
everything. I actually had Z on one of the previous episodes. He was on episode 37, if I'm not mistaken. So yes, Marsha's Play podcast, Black Trans Folk, you know, podcast. Please, if you're interested in that, go listen to their podcast. They're amazing. I was on episode, ooh child, I don't even know. Don't make me tell no tale. Let me look it up. But yes, I was on one of the, I got to host. I wasn't even a guest. I got to host one of the, I got to host their four year anniversary episode. I was so honored to be like asked to do this. It was really amazing. I was on episode 205, 205, the fourth go around on October 8th on Marsha's Plate podcast. So please go ahead and take a look at that. It was such an amazing experience and it was so lovely. Hopefully we get to, collab again. I get to go back and actually be a guest on the show and get to talk about what we do here on Black to the Future and all the other stuff that I do. So there, and there's some other amazing guests I'm really excited to have. I just cannot wait. Like, oh, it's going to be amazing. So please y'all stay tuned, stay tuned, stay tuned, stay tuned. Speaking of which, staying tuned in a couple of weeks, it's going to be whose birthday? That's right. It's going to be my birthday. Queen Mother, Queen Mother's birthday. Yes, yes, yes. Let me run this back one more time. Right? My birthday, Scorpio season, finally. Like, girl, like, uh, like the best season, duh, but we've been new. Like, finally, it's going to be here. But my birthday's in a couple of weeks. And so at the beginning of November, the November 4th episode, which will be here in a couple of weeks, we're going to have a birthday episode dedicated to little old me. Um, we didn't do this last year because I felt like that would be very vain at the beginning of the podcast. And so now that it's been more than a year and y'all got to hear me talk and be annoying all this time and talk about my feelings and such, I think it would be nice, you know, to have a conversation about me and kind of like that, you know, but we already did an episode about like what it, you know, like what is it like to be me and what was it growing up to be me and stuff like that what episode is that let me look that up too right quick you think I would know it's episode 43 becoming me Zayde spills the tea so if you want to know more about me in general you can go back to episode 43 of our podcast and listen to that episode um however comma if you didn't get enough of the tea if you didn't get enough of what I who I am and what I do and all that kind of stuff. If you want to ask really random questions, if you really want to ask some of those, your little nasty questions, you can, and I will definitely answer them because on the <laughs> the Scandalous Sex Stories, episode 24, I talked a lot about sex and that's a very popular episode. <laughs> so if you want to know more, I will definitely go into detail. I won't try to give all my secrets away because baby... But if you have questions, please, um, you can submit them onto our Instagram page. If you want to keep it a private message, you can um, message uh, my co-host, Mikey. Ma'am, I miss you. I love you. Um, I can't wait till you come back and we're going to be doing the episode together. <laughs> if you want to um, submit a question, you can DM Mikey on Instagram at Bam Gizmo, so B-A-M-G-I-Z-M-O, B-A-M-G-I-Z-M-O. You can DM him and he'll ask me the questions and everything like that. So make sure you're looking on the Instagram page for Black to the Future. Um, look in the description below if you need to find the link for it. And yeah, so that'll be a fun episode that's going to be coming up. 
Um, but yeah, and then of course, um, just as a forewarning, the week of Thanksgiving, which is November 25th is Thanksgiving, so that's the fourth week, there won't be an episode on that day. And it's obviously because it's going to be Thanksgiving, and I don't think it would be a good idea to do an episode on that day. But we do already have a Thanksgiving episode, if y'all want to go back and listen to that. We already have talked about that on episode number eight, which seems like forever ago. Not only is it Thanksgiving that week, but it's going to be Trans Awareness Week. So make sure that you are going back and listening to that episode if you want to know more about Thanksgiving and how we feel about it. And then also about Trans Awareness Week and Transgender Day of Remembrance or TDOR, the day that we um, give reverence and honor to those who have been taken away from us much, much, much too soon. If you want to know more about Trans Day of Remembrance, TDOR, and Trans Awareness Week, please um, look up some information. You can reach out to me, DM me, whatever the case may be. So if you want to know more about Thanksgiving, episode eight. If you want to know more about about me in general, you can go to episode number 43. So again, no episode on Thanksgiving, so make sure you're um, ducking and dodging that. But over the last few weeks, now that we got all that housekeeping stuff out the way, there has been lots of discourse around Davis Chappelle, Dave Chappelle, his comedy stand-up The Closer on Netflix, and the Netflix walkout that just happened a couple of days ago, as well as the trans community and the black community. Lots of discourse around this. And here on Black to the Future podcast, this is a black, queer, feminist lens podcast. So we are extremely intersectional here. And if you don't know what intersectionality is, um, I encourage you to look up that information. Kimberly Crenshaw, kind of um, the founder of that, so to speak. Um, the, the intersectionality episode was episode 19. If you want to know more about intersectionality and how that works, which I'll be using in this episode, the language around that quite a bit. But also, that's episode 19, took place in February of this year. So definitely go back and listen to that episode if you need more help understanding that. We're also going to be talking about a little bit around episode 33, Are You an Authentic Ally? You know, those things. Um, It's really important to be having these full-fledged, fully fleshed-out, thought-out conversations around what's been happening in the last few weeks when it comes to Dave Chappelle, Netflix, and the Black community and the LGBTQ plus community, particularly as it pertains to trans people, which I am a trans person and I'm also Black. So I have a very interesting position in this whole conversation that a lot of people haven't been thinking about when it comes to having this dialogue and this conversation. There are plenty of... um lovely sisters that I have that I've been doing work around this and having this dialogue. Ashley Marie Preston. Oh my gosh. That's my girl. Like Ashley Marie Preston is amazing. She's fantastic. You should follow her on Instagram. But let me look up how to spell her name so I can spell it right for you. Ashley Marie Preston. A-S-H-L-E-E 
Marie, M-A-R-I-E, Preston, P-R-E-S-T-O-N. She's amazing. She has done plenty of discourse around this. It's amazing. And of course, my good sis, Hope Giselle, H-O-P-E-G-I-S-E-L-L-E. I hope to get her on the podcast one day too. That would be my sickening. And then of course, um, T.S. Madison. Everyone knows Maddie. So, you know, if you want to hear um, some really important discourse around that, you can follow those girls uh, in Imara Jones, I-M-A-R-A-J-O-N-E-S. Those girls, oh, they have done wonderful discourse around this. So, and the reason I want to talk about this is because most of the time, most of the time there is a huge separation between the black community and the LGBTQ plus community. And I kind of want to talk about that a little bit today, particularly in the situation that's being talked about at hand with Dave Chappelle. And um, yeah, so um, all that housekeeping out the way, all that set up and stuff out the way. Um, again, trying to make this a shorter episode. Hopefully I won't sound all rambly and stuff, but yes. Um, please stay tuned and I will come right back after this small break. Yay. Okay. Okay. So we are black, black, black again. Um, so Dave Chappelle and his, um, Netflix special, The Closer, um, and has sparked, um, immense amount of discourse, around um, the black community versus the LGBTQ, specifically the trans community. Um, There is lots of conversations going on and it seems like it's kind of the year of black men, cishet black men, cisgender heterosexual black men, kind of just talking. (laughs) You know, they're kind of just talking. (laughs) And when they end up just talking, particularly about our community, they don't have the full range and the the knowledge to be able to express and talk about these things. You know, we've had quite a few conversations on this platform already about uh, Lil Boosie. And I literally broke down on an episode how he doesn't have the full capacity and the full range to even be able to have this conversation and to you know, execute this dialogue. Like it's very important. I think that's, it's episode 45 where I go piece by piece and break down Boosie's conversation and try to elaborate and explain on things. So if you need help understanding um, why Boosie needs to have a change of uh, perspective and how that's going to benefit him and also that's going to kind of help him and, and all that kind of stuff, please go back and listen to episode 45, Breaking Down Boosie's Discussion. Um, we also talked about the baby and how he's literally been like mute since, you know, he got the full backlash of misspeaking about folks living with HIV, um, what LGBTQ plus people do, blah, 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 blah. He got the full backlash and there's that. And of course, so um, most recently, of course, this is very recent, Le Dirk, evidently, and not really, but seen with someone, a woman who is apparently of trans experience and basically everyone's giving him all the fever on like, like, oh my God, like he's got caught, he got caught. And that dis, and that language around being caught, air quotes, 
If you are caught even near, not in a relationship, but near or associated with a woman who is trans and you are a black cishet man, there's so much drama that comes around with that. When this happened to Malik Yoba, you, you know, he kind of mishandled the situation, but it was a media backlash when Dwight Howard, whether that person was trans or um, someone who might identify as a cross-dresser or a gender non-conforming, a, a non-binary person, whatever that may be, you know, um, when that was happening, there's so much discourse and so much negativity around. It. It's always like, oh, they got caught, oh, they got caught. Oh. And so the, 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 because there's such a negative connotation associated with being an LGBTQ plus person, particularly if you're a trans person, and if you're underneath a trans umbrella, um, there's so much negative things around it, like, oh, you got caught, oh, you got caught. And like, maybe if we stop saying that if they got caught and they were just, oh, they're with this lovely person or they're with this girl or whatever. If you change the language around it, it doesn't have this negative stigma to it. But if you constantly um, make queer people, particularly black trans women in this situation, seem like they're doing something wrong or there there this is this is legitimately why um black cis het men who want to openly date and be comfortable dating um trans women they cannot do that because it's always getting caught there's something about the idea of their masculinity being compromised there's something about when you become an lgbtq plus person or associated with them your validity as a black person is diminished so you know i think because of how society has really kind of set black people up and then air quotes the introduction even though we've been here from the very beginning the introduction of queer people really kind of throws a wrench in there it feels like there are people black people love to say it feels like um being a queer person is this this white european centric kind of thing but we know that in other countries particularly in africa where we come from as black people that you know, there were queer people, particularly trans people. So this ideology is kind of the 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 dissonance here, I think, between this, when it comes to this whole Dave Chappelle thing. I think there's a really strong dissonance around that because it's kind of like, all right, Black people, all right, LGBTQ plus people, and the the poster child or the face of the LGBTQ plus community is, you know, some twinky white you know, white boy with blonde hair and short shorts and a rainbow boa and, you know, dipping and twirling and saying, yes, honey, miss girl. And so that's the look, you know, if you, if you ask the black person to describe that, that's probably what they would probably think of immediately, but that's because that's what's been illustrated and painted and shown in media. And we all know how important media is and we know how, um, it can literally influence and change thought processes. So it's the same thing, whereas when Black people were, you know, had to point out and find themselves in media and stuff like that, it wasn't there. So once we start getting media and stuff around us, it may not have been the best representation. But either way, my point in this is, is that the, the picture and the idea from a majority of Black people's view and perception is that this is a white construct. And more so than that, they really do believe that being an LGBTQ plus person is a choice, whereas being a Black person is obviously not a choice. It's, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, well, I was born like this and you chose that. 
And so we've constantly dispelled this using not only just literal critical thinking, but also just using sensible logic, but also using science. And for some reason, there's still this thing around, no, you chose that. You wanted to be this way. And the idea, I think, a lot of the time is that, no, there was no choice. The only choice was to literally act on it. And a lot of people will be upset if you don't act on it, if you lie, if you have deception about who you are as far as your gender identity is concerned, or who you go to bed with, which of course has nothing to do with anybody else except for that one particular person you're going to bed with. But anyway, all of that has like this idea around it, like you chose to do that. But we know that those things are demonized because every time someone brings it up, it's always an, some kind of negative energy around it. It has to be completely normalized for a lot of folks. And a lot of folks haven't had the ability to have this normalized because it hasn't been on TV very much. And TV is a very, I was just talking to some friends a few weeks ago and I was like, do you realize how lucrative TV is? And I'm like, I was explaining to my friends, I'm like, the reason that they're doing constantly doing remakes and reboots of shows that we watched as children is because in the 80s and the 90s, basically, is when everybody kind of had a TV and had access to it. So if we're the first generation millennials to actually watch TV and be able to, and people were able to literally see how much consumption on TV can actually profit and make money, now they're going to try to remake and reboot everything that we watched as children. And that's why we don't like it as much because it's not for us anymore. It's for the idea of trying to bring in our audience and try to make money off of it. So the idea here is that, you know, because TV and things are so new and so fresh, it's kind of like there haven't been much, you know, direct, here we go, here's this, or here's this, and here's this. Like the pinnacle of TV was like, obviously, like during our time period, at least to me, when things became a lot more... Um, open in that kind of way. Anyway, so my point in that is the fact that Black people <laughs> haven't, and I mentioned this on the Boosie episode, is that Black people haven't been able to have the access to encounter and then and interact with LGBTQ plus people. It, it hasn't been that. We just haven't been able to garner the knowledge, the information, especially like People who are living living in disenfranchised areas like hood niggas, they do not know. They just know that you're not supposed to be that because this is air quotes bad. And whenever you ask them why it's bad, there's never a good valid reason behind it. It's always just because like this is bad. This is bad. But you know it's bad because there's repercussions. If there's repercussions, if there's if there's negative consequences, then you're going to internalize it as bad and you're going to ensure that other people around you're also going to be internalizing it and making sure that they don't do this as bad. And even if you may not think it's bad because it doesn't affect you or bother you, you still will have a certain negative connotation. If you ever told the queer person that they chose that lifestyle, if they you know, if you use that language, then you're basically telling them like, you made this decision to be demonized, to be tortured, to be made fun of, to all those things. You're basically saying that you chose this. The idea that I'm going to decide to be intimate with someone who has the same gender as me or the same biological sex as me. Therefore, I am I am available to be mistreated. I'm available to be tortured. I'm available to be made fun of, 
all of those things. I'm a, I'm available to be killed in some countries and some states. Like, I think it's very important for us to recognize the fact that because someone has a different sexual orientation or gender identity, it does not give you any kind of license to do anything to them or say anything to them or be mean to them at any capacity. Because in real life, it ultimately doesn't impact you in any kind of fashion. And I think the important thing to recognize in this situation is that, once again, it has nothing to do with you. And you should just be happy for that person, maybe, because they're living honestly and they're living openly. And a plethora of people will say like, oh, I have no problem with LGBTQ plus people. Yes, that's fine. You may not have any problems with them because that's the way that your your brain is kind of set up but if you're not um if you if you're idly kind of letting things negative happen to lgbtq plus people in your immediate circle you're not helping the situation if you're saying uh sneaky side comments like oh he got sugar in his tank or this this that and the third or you're saying like oh she look like i don't know how appropriate this word is but she like a a bull dagger or whatever if you're saying any kind of mean things like that or like oh that's a he she or the T word, or the F word. If you're saying any of those kind of words and you're using that kind of language, you're making things have a negative stigma and connotation around it. And by doing so, you make people in that community feel bad about simply existing. And I think the thing about it is, is that because, and this is privilege, because cishet people have never had to undergo the idea of you know what? I think I might be a different gender. Hmm. I think I might have a different sexual orientation because all these things are kind of pre-programmed in your brain. One day you will, one day you end up realizing it. Once you kind of put some puzzle pieces together, once you've had enough life experience in this world, the puzzle pieces kind of come together and you understand things at a greater capacity. The same thing happens to cishet people, but it does, it's not, um, it hasn't been orchestrated and structured in society, in the world as being a cishet person is a negative thing. That hasn't happened. Whereas with LGBTQ plus people, yes, that has happened. The way that they frame and create all this kind of stuff, all the all the all the um, profane language I just you know <laughs> I bleeped out on purpose. You know the f word, the t word, um, again uh, bull dagger or the d word for um, um, stud lesbians. Um, and all that kind of stuff, you know, all of those things have negative connotations to it. If a community didn't have a negative connotations to it, then right, there we go. And so I think the thing about it is, is that I, I as someone who sits at the intersection, literally of being a black person and an LGBTQ plus person, particularly a trans person, I think a lot of the times there's this huge thing because Again, LGBTQ plus has been painted as this twinky white boy and blackness has been painted as, you know, this hard um, black man, probably dark skin. And then uh, who is like a gangster, he, he hood and, and ghetto and niggas and da, 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 shooting up clubs and all that kind of stuff, all the negative information and stigmas that are associated with black men and then black women, of course you know, loud, ghetto, you know, weaves and long nails and da da da, all that kind of, you know, stuff that's associated with us. And so because we have a negative stigma and connotation behind black people, 
it's kind of like, do y'all not understand? Do you not see? I think it's a certain level of willingness. It's a certain level of willingness. Because I think a lot of black people, cishet black people, they have, um, they as a black person, I know, I've been told literally from the gate, like, you are different from the kids you go to school with, like those some white kids. And I was like, okay, work. So you're going to have to work twice as hard to achieve what they have because we already know how racism works in this country. We know how racism is an institutional thing. It affects every, and when I mean every, I mean everything, okay? And so since it's embedded into the culture, into the language, into the society, into the institutions, we're taught from a very early age because remember, segregation just ended a few, like a few years ago or whatever, like the civil rights stuff, girl, like, right. Okay. So we're not that separated away from these kind of things. So these systems have been embedded for centuries and then we're just now breaking free of it. This is the first time all these things are being brought to the light. This is like one of the first apex of a major apex that's that this is happening so black people definitely understand what it's like to be oppressed in a system they understand what it means to have things um pushed down on them we know um all of those things when it comes to the um incarceration of black men for foolish things we know that happens we know the um the degradation of black women where they get mistreated and get called all kinds of names and you know they're hard to work with and blah 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 blah. all of these things have such negative connotations to it and we know as black people that we do not fit into those stereotypes we have so much more to offer we're so much more than that However, comma, for some reason, when we look at LGBTQ plus people as black people, we don't see this parallel. It's not exactly the same, but there is a parallel. It's kind of like, you know, I had an oppressive life and I had an oppressive heart, you know, everything. And I don't want these groups of people to get ahead. And so this is the problem with um, capitalism is that there's always someone who needs to try to climb the ladder and get more ahead. I need to get ahead. I need to get ahead. And so black people in this state, in this capacity, at this current point in time, we're not really going to be able to catch up to white people, especially cishet white men. There is, no, it's just not going to happen, girl. It's just not, like not right away. And so that's why we always encourage black people to create their own space, to create their own things. And we've tried to do it in, in times past, but we've had um, city bombings and stock market crashes, particularly for black people. And um, white people are, you know, um, what's it called? Um, gatekeeping on certain stuff. So black people won't learn and won't have access. And if you distort the history, then you won't have to take accountability and all that kind of stuff. Black people have a keen focus on this and they understand how white people have literally treated us as a group, as a collective. We know how they have treated us. But we want to turn around and take that power and put it against somebody else. You cannot do that because that doesn't get you anything. But that's what capitalism has taught you. You have to outdo. You have to be better. You have to be greater than. And because the face of um, of of white que- of queerness the of the LGBT community is a Twinkie white boy. That's the face of the community for the most part. It's changing, of course, now, but that's the face of the community. A lot of black people think that is more white people getting ahead and therefore 
they're still getting left behind. And you know, a lot of black people will say like, oh, they're teaching LGBTQ history and LGBT this in school and this and this and this and this and this, but they won't teach any black stuff in school. There, there, you know, here's one thing I want to say is like, even though it is shitty and it, it, it doesn't have that much gravity or value, Black History Month is still note, noted and paid attention to in nearly every school in America, I would say for the most part. It's at least acknowledged, you know, you got to at least look around and be like, okay, this is what's happening, at least a little bit. And because of social media and other forms of media, it's much more prominent now. But there hasn't, to my knowledge, ever been like an LGBTQ history month. It's just now coming to the place where we're learning and being educated about these things because um, of that situation, of how queerness didn't take a precedent over blackness. It may feel like it, but it doesn't. You know, they're, they're two separate equal opposites. And so... I can say that with confidence because I sit in the middle of these of this conversation as a black queer like trans person. I sit in the middle of this. And so I've said plenty of times on the Boosie episode is that particularly black cis het men like Dave Chappelle do not have all the range to be able to have this conversation. They don't you know, not that you have to know every single letter of the alphabet mafia. But you have to be able to be introspective and say, these people are going through something and I don't understand what they're going through. So what I'm going to do is sit back and listen. We have to sit back and listen to understand. You can't tell LGBTQ people that what they're doing is wrong or that their lifestyle, air quotes, is being shoved down your throat. LGBTQ people exist at every capacity, at every turn. The only reason they haven't been able to come out and say so is because they would be demonized. It would be called the, you know, the trigger words I was just talking about a moment ago. If it wasn't such a problem, they would have come out and said something months and years ago, and that would have been represented on TV and other forms of media a long time ago. But it wasn't, and I wonder why that is. All right, people being mean to them and trying to kill them, literally. And so uh, there was a there was a video on Twitter of you know it was like spirit it was like um, a spirit thing at someone's high school, and there's and there was this queer person wearing the rainbow flag around their neck, and then someone literally grabbed them, threw them around in the middle of the cafeteria, and you know everything is filmed now because everyone has a phone. And everyone just literally watched. And the comments on Twitter, for the most part, were like, well, why would he wear that to school? Why would he wear that? Why would he wear that? Why would he wear that? And, you know, I'm kind of like, why would this person attack this person? What's the cause? What gives What gives them the authority to be able to, I'm going to grab someone and attack them because they're wearing this flag. And I have an issue with that. Who gives them the authority to do that? And everyone is saying like, he shouldn't have worn that. He knows better. He knows better. The language around this needs to change because it's making the LGBTQ plus person the bad person. You're making them the bad person in that situation. 
and it's spirit week. And so people were wearing different flags and, 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 and walking around and being proud of who they are and stuff like that. Being proud of being American. They're proud of their Spanish heritage. They're proud of, you know, their black heritage, whatever the case may be. But the flag of, of LGBTQ plus people gets a visceral negative reaction. And people take it upon themselves to step outside of themselves to say like, ooh, call you a, a, a derogatory slur. What? We don't do that with any other group of people. And the reason why you get so much backlash now is because we have, again, access to media. We can hold people accountable for the actions that they do because what they do in these kind of situations doesn't ever make sense. And I know you're probably not a person who goes out there and attacks people, but people have the audacity to be able to do that. They just feel like, yep, yeah, I'm going to go over here and do something because this person living in their openness and authentic truth, which is what I want, so I'll be able to discern them from other people who are not cishet. Like, you want us to be visible so you'll be able to point us out and harm us. That's basically what you kind of want us to do. You want us to be visible, but not too much. You want us to be present, but just enough so you feel comfortable. The constant uh, adjustment and the constant need for making sure that you are safe in a space as an LGBTQ person is paramount because you don't know what somebody getting ready to do to you just for existing, for existing. And when we call um, cishet people out on this, there's some kind of like, oh my gosh, well, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be this. And Black people... We know what this is like when white people do some fucked up shit to us and you call them out on their racism or, or their microaggression and they get defensive and start being upset about it. So for some reason, the click happens. It's like, oh, I, I get it now. I get it. Yes, this is what we're talking about. These tiny little things. But, you know, and so being a black um, trans person, particularly a black trans woman, there's so much I have to be cerebrally aware of. I can be harmed because I'm black. I can be harmed because I'm trans. I can be harmed because I'm a woman. There's so many things that it's, are intersecting and I can be negatively impacted at every turn because I'm standing so far away from the, the, the God tier of being a cishet white man. Like I'm standing so far away from that, that people can harm me. And this is what happens to a lot of black trans women is a lot of things befall upon us. A lot of negative things happen. And that's because people feel like they have the authority to be able to bring harm to us because of us literally existing. There's so much to be understood around this when all you have to do is literally be willing to be educated about it. And so I think what Dave Chappelle really did was literally light a fire underneath Black people. And by, by and consequently, by lighting a fire underneath Black people and by, you know, putting down on the, um, on trans people specifically, when you, when he started to have this dialogue. He ramped up the fire on black people. And so the catch and the caveat is, is that whiteness will shield a lot of trans people. I'm going to say that again. A lot of white trans people will be shielded. You know, they may have a negative impact about this, but I haven't seen very many white, white trans people talk about Dave Chappelle at all. And that's because they will be, they will be pretty much shielded because they are white. If you harm a white person, people will know about it, particularly a white LGBTQ plus person. Oh my God, they wouldn't, you would never hit the end of it. 
But when black trans people, particularly black trans women, are murdered and lives are taken away, it's so swept under the rug. Even in the black community, swept under the rug, nobody cares. No one pays attention because it's kind of like, well, it has nothing to do with me. It's separate away from me. I'm not going to worry about it because it has nothing to do with me. But when it comes to being behind black movements and uplifting like last year when Breonna Taylor and George Floyd and, and everyone else who was involved in that, black people want us to put aside our queerness and our transness to be there to affirm and support them. And even if you do go, um, I heard that a lot of black trans people went and if they were, you know, sporting their transness on, on an open front, if they had a sign for it or, or if they were clocked or whatever, you know, they were treated badly. Why are black trans people being treated badly at a Black Lives Matter march? Somebody's not doing the math right. Like, it's just not computing. For some reason, even with our own community, we're able to attack and be visceral. And this is literally baffling to me that they can do that. You want us to put our transes on the back burner when it's convenient. And so I think a lot of Black people want that. For example, Thanksgiving is approaching and a lot of Black trans people want to probably be home and be comfortable and be in their space with their family. But they can't go there because Black people have an unwillingness to not set, uh, not uh, invite their transness in at the same capacity. It's always like, can you tone that down? Can you relax? Can you not be talking about that right now? When I enter a space, I'm black, trans, and a woman all simultaneously. I can't leave one part behind. If someone says something out of pocket, I'm just supposed to just sit there because everybody else is going to be crickets. But if somebody says something about black people, I'm supposed to be up in arms. If someone says something about women, I'm supposed to be up in arms. But when it comes to me defending my transness, everything becomes like, well, you know, and well, you know, because it's not revered in the same reverence. It doesn't have the same gravity unless it's being used in a way to hold black cishet people accountable. And when black cishet people get held accountable, they feel like they're being attacked. And that's because they haven't taken the time to literally process and understand what is transpiring. They are just going based upon what they one been told, what they think that they know, what their friends may have told them. They may have read something online and da 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 da. There's so much misinformation. And um, a lot of black people have a very large ego, especially cishet black men. They have a very huge ego. And if their ego gets busted and pop that little bubble, they don't know what to do with themselves. Like, oh, why didn't you da da da? And they have to, you know, defend themselves. It's literally maddening. And so since I get to sit at this intersection, I have to constantly get to pick and choose which thing I want to defend, which thing I want to talk about. I don't want to pick. I'm all these things at one time. I'm going to be able to do this. And so I think it's very interesting that Black people would understand the idea of a white person going on stage and saying like, well, I'm a racist and I'm a part of the KKK and these are jokes about Black people. And then Black people would be like, oh no, fuck this, da 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 but then a cishet person gets on stage and says, like, I'm a turf. I don't like, I don't, I'm not really here for trans people. But here are these jokes. And all are just like, oh, it's funny. Girl, what's funny? But we have to be able to take a joke. We're too sensitive. Our sensitivity isn't, you don't get to decide how sensitive we are. Just like how white people don't get to decide how sensitive you are, Black people, about race. It's, it's, it's a very interesting concept about how people can literally sit there and just have similar experiences 
but because they have found it to be something that they can't relate to, they're unwilling to want to learn about it. They feel like it was a choice on your end. So you deserve to get these jokes made about you. And so the thing about it is, again, I'm going to go backtrack a little bit. When Dave Chappelle galvanized black people, the white trans people are going to be shielded because of their whiteness. But guess who has to deal with the consequences of what he said? I'll give you a minute. You got it? Right. Black trans people. And we already deal with enough coming from white folks. And we already deal with enough coming from cishet folks who are not black. And so we're in community. We are in community. We sit at your dinner table. We eat at your restaurants. We hang, we talk to you on the phone. We retweet your stuff. We support you. We buy your products. Black trans people support black stuff. And so you're going to side with Dave Chappelle because he's a cishet black man who hasn't done research and hasn't had full discussions and dialogue, but he consulted a white trans woman who is completely removed away or used her as a reference, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, as a, as a way to kind of scapegoat him. But you didn't talk to a black trans person because you knew it wouldn't have been cleared. You knew it wouldn't have went through. Right. So... <laughs> But we have to sit here in community with you. And when this conversation comes up at Thanksgiving, because it fucking will, everyone's going to be like, well, you just being sensitive. And, and that people want to find the, find out that it's different. Yes, it's different. And it's not the same thing. Exactly. But there are parallels. Don't make jokes that you don't have the full range and capacity of. Because I feel like in order to effectively make a joke, you have to understand. And if you don't understand and you're just talking off the side of your neck, then there. And uh, it's, it's just baffling. And so I guess my biggest thing I want to, I kind of harped already. And this has been going on for a little while now. So I'm not trying to rant, but I've been holding this in for a little while. So I'm trying to let this shit out, to be honest. <laughs> But the thing that I really, really, really need, um, cishet, let me start with cishet black women, cishet black women. I know you're black. I know you're a woman. I know you were, you, you face, um, discrimination on two levels, intersectionality. You face it on two different levels. Yes, mama. I know, but that doesn't give you license to be rude, disrespectful, or um, or homophobic or transphobic at any capacity. It does not give you license. Well, I've struggled, so I'm going to make fun of these people. No, it don't work like that. Now, if the person mistreated you overall, then you can be mad. If they happen to be a queer person or a trans person, you want to be mean to them, work. But you are going to be held accountable for being rude and disrespectful. If there's a black man that is intimate with trans women and you don't like it and you don't understand, you're gonna have to go back into yourself and say, why don't I like this? Why is this bothering me? Why is this upsetting me? Or if you're a cishet black woman and you and someone asks you if you are trans or air quotes, if you're a real woman or whatever the case may be, that is not an offensive question because black trans women are gorgeous. And the idea that you have about trans women evidently would suggest that you think of us as just men in wigs or, or men with these body modifications and stuff like that, which means that you attach your womanhood to strictly your pussy. Great like that. You attach your womanhood to your pussy because that's what these men have told you to do. You're supposed to push out babies and sit at home. But you tell a woman that now, I would be upset and you would be upset too. So you know 
You know what it's like. So you understand you will be held accountable for what you say, point blank. And that accountability can feel like an attack if you're not ready to receive it. Cishet black men, you are one step away from being on top of the totem pole. Because if you were a white man, none of this would matter to you. But because you are one step away, you are trying to usurp or to take over the position of white cishet men. And it's not going to happen. They will never let that happen if, if as long as it's in their power. They don't see you as an equal to them. They don't see you as a viable candidate, you know, especially if you don't, air quotes, talk professional, if you don't talk white, if you don't, all that kind of carrying all that kind of bullshit, if you haven't garnered the accolades and all the stuff that they deem necessary, it's all a big game and y'all are literally playing into it. You're not going to be able to usurp them and change the face of the country from a white man to a black man. It's never going to happen in this capacity. At least I don't think so. Not anytime soon. So because you are in this position, you have a lot more privilege than you readily recognize. Your blackness is definitely a huge thing and you are seen as more threatening, particularly if you're a darker skinned. However, comma, you still have access to all this privilege as a man. People are going to take more priority over you. We saw this last year with George Floyd. Stuff happened to Breonna Taylor and other women and other queer people, but it was nooch. It was quiet. It was like, and Breonna Taylor barely got coverage and she kind of died off. And now George Floyd is like the face of Black Lives Matter because Black men have a greater precedent. And you may not think that that's a priority and a privilege, but it is, sir. You have a privilege and you have to begin to recognize that. And it may not feel like it. You may not be able to see it, but you have to be held accountable for your actions. And your blackness, sir, does not absolve you of being able to say mean things to queer people because you don't have the capacity and the range to be able to understand that. I'm going to say that again. Your blackness does not absolve you of being homophobic, transphobic, or the like towards any LGBTQIA plus person because you do not understand it. Parallels, similar, not the same, I fully understand, but it does not give you license. That's like white people being having the license to make fun of you and, and, and withhold rights from you because you're black. Oh, that's racism. Oh, so you get it. Oh, so you get it. You get it, you get it, you get it. <sighs> And I know LGBTQ plus people, you're not perfect either. I'm not even trying to sit here and act like you perfect because we know we're we not. There's a lot of racism that happens within LGBTQ plus spaces because again, they are predominantly white, especially the more popular, more funded ones, white. The white twinks, the white muscle gays, you know, or the plant gays or whatever, and then the um the the lesbian women, the femmes and 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 the and and the and the butches or whatever. So, you know, because it still has a face of whiteness, uh cis um LGBTQ white folks are going to have to be like, let me take a step back, because your queer status does not absolve you of being racist. I'm going to say that again. Your queer status, your LGBTQIA plus status does not absolve you of being racist if you are a white person or a white passing person. You can still be racist, Miss Thing. 
And so I'm not saying that black or Latinx trans people, women or whatever, anything like that, but this is why intersectionality is important. The more things you have literally intersecting, the more things it's going to be complicated for you. Because again, we do not show up as one monolithic thing. We bring all of our experience, all of our life, all of our identities into the room at one time. If you're there to talk about one specific thing, you can, but the, but the, the, the intersection is going to come up. When we talk about black things, at some point, women, black women are going to talk about their experience as black women. It's going to happen. Black LGBT key people, it's going to happen. If we're in an LGBT space, we will talk about being black or different, whatever. And then for cis queer people, gay men, bisexual women, men, and the like, against trans people. Yes. So I'm not trying to sound like I'm like the little perfect little patty because I'm black, trans, and I'm a woman. A damn triple homicide. <laughs> like I'm not trying to sound like that. But it's really just the fact of the matter is like how these things have literally been stacked up. So I get to see the experiences of what women go through, whether they be cis or trans. I get to see the experience of LGBTQ plus people because I'm a trans person. And I get to experience the gender moments in that because in between cis queer people and trans queer people, very different experiences. And then I get to see the experience of what black people go through. I get so much viewpoint from my angle. There's so much I get to see because I know how all these experiences transpire. If you don't have this big of a view as I do, you probably start taking steps backwards. So you'll be able to engage in the conversation appropriately, but then you'll also start getting a better view of what's going on. If you're standing in the back of the line, you can see everyone in the front, but people who are in front of the line cannot see you. So cishet white men who are able-bodied and upper middle class and all that kind of bullshit, they're standing at the front of the line. That's why they can't fucking see us because they're only looking ahead. They driving this bitch. But I'm all the way in the back in the caboose back there. And I'm standing like towards the back of the line. I can see all the things that are transpiring in front of us. I can see all the drama, all the conflama, all the phobias, all the isms. I can see all of those things as I've experienced them. Um... So yeah, that's just kind of how I'm going to kind of frame that. Um, and just to kind of put this little cherry on top of this so I can kind of get off my soapbox is that even a lot of people think that I pass well. I'm like, I can be stealth if I wanted to um, as, a, as a trans woman, but I choose not to be because that doesn't help anyone uh, normalize trans people, <laughs> particularly black trans people. Um but the other day, I literally went to go hang out with my good girlfriend, shout out to Jenny, shout out to Floor, at a bar. They invited me, and I have my IDs completely changed, all my information is up to date, blah, blah, blah. And I go into this bar, which I've gone in plenty of times before, before transition and after transition, and I walk into this place, and I provide the person at the door with my ID, a, a, a presumably a cishet white man, and I give him my state ID. He's like, that doesn't look like you. This coloring doesn't look right. Da -da -da -da. All these things. He put it under the UV light to see all the stuff. And I'm just like, is there a problem? And he's like, it doesn't look like you. It doesn't this and this and this. So I give him my driver's license because apparently he needs to verify that. And the driver's license, I just took that picture a few months ago. So I know that one's most accurate and up to, up to date. But evidently that one doesn't look like me either. Well, what the fuck? What's happening here? 
Why, why can't I get into this little bar? You know, it's not like this is a huge convention or anything like that. I don't have any, I, I don't know. I can't, I, you know, there's other women in there. There's other black people in there. So what am I supposed to deduce down to? Why can't I get into this? And if I pass so well, then I shouldn't be experiencing transphobia. Ha ha. <laughs> but it doesn't matter, Miss Thing. If they clock you or if they don't feel like you need to be in that space, they will gatekeep it from you. So I just want to point out the fact that just because I may not talk about experiencing transphobia very frequently doesn't mean that it does not happen to me. So this is just one incident where they would just not let me in. And so then I talked to my good girlfriends outside on the patio. And one of them, you know, has done police work before. And she's like, these IDs look legit. Da, 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 da. We go back inside. There's two more, two more white men that come up. And then the manager comes over. And then they just was not giving what it needs to give. They would not let me in. Why? They're not expired. They're pictures of me state ID and a driver's license, and you still won't let me come in? Question mark. Weird. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know what else to tell you. I mean, how come I can't walk in? I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't have any, I'm not carrying any pocketbooks. I'm not carrying anything. You know, I don't, you know, there's that. So I do experience transphobia. Just putting that out there. And so that's from a white community, but I'm not in community with them all the time. I'm more in community with black people. And I want Dave Chappelle to recognize the fact and Lil Boosie, uh, the baby, every cishead nigga that's under the sound of my voice, that your experience is valid and your lack of understanding can be changed if you have a willingness to grow and open. But you can't talk out the side of your neck anymore because what happened before in the past is when people used to talk on the side of their neck about LGBTQ plus people, there was no one to hold them accountable. Now there is more gravity and more things around it. So when people start talking on the side of their neck, like they can't just start spewing out things that they find that they want to say, it feels like an attack. You will be held accountable. You will be held accountable for everything that you say and how you act and how you carry yourself. So if accountability feels like an attack, this, you're going to have to do some serious work. Okay. So black people, cishet black people, pull it together. LGBTQ plus people, particularly the white ones, pull it together. The cis LGBT, LGBT uh, queer people, pull it together. <laughs> And so um, even within the black trans community, you girls got to pull it together too. If a girl doesn't air quotes pass the way you think she does, y'all got to cut that shit the fuck out too. It, it doesn't just stop there. It goes down further and further and further. So, you know, how real do you look and all this kind of stuff? There's so many things trying to literally divide us and we have to start practicing finding the humanity within each other. You know, more pleases, more thank yous, more I don't understand this, more willingness to be vulnerable, more willingness to say, I don't understand. Can you explain this to me? Or willingness to say, I'm scared. This confuses me. There's a certain like ego around this and the desire to be a part of a group and so you won't get exiled. Sometimes being an individual is literally what makes people who they are. 
And I think that's kind of why we have these celebrity folks because they happen to be in specific places at specific times and they get to be an individual. They get to be separated away from that. But us as a collective need to be better. So I'm going to get off the soapbox. This was kind of a ranty, ravey episode. And for that, I am terribly sorry if I burn your little ears down. But I just want to kind of get that out of my system. No, I haven't watched the special and no, I will probably not watch the special because I'm not going to subject myself to transphobia and stupidness. Just like if I was, <laughs> if there was a white person talking about racism and they were doing a bad job and they were, I'm sorry, they were being a racist on stage. I'm not going to subject myself to that. Why go through that? You know? So, but anyway, I of course want to say once again, some last minute housekeeping things, of course, is that in a couple of weeks, we're going to have my birthday episode. So please submit um, DMs and questions about me, things you want to understand, things you want to um, get more knowledge on, blah, 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 for my birthday episode, which will happen on November 4th. So please submit those relatively soon because we're going to record that episode and we're not going to be able to get your question in, girl, if you don't if you don't submit it. So again, um, on Instagram, at Bam Gizmo, B-A-M-G-I-Z-M-O. That's Mavs and Mikey's um, Instagram. So DM him so he can get the question, so he can ask me, so you can get my live reaction on the mic. Um, and then, of course, um, the week of Thanksgiving, we already have an episode out for that. The number eight, if I'm not mistaken, yes, episode number eight is the Thanksgiving episode. And then it's also the Trans Awareness Week episode and the Transgender Day of Remembrance is going to be tacked in there as well. So again, I have some amazing interviews with people. <laughs> I, I'm gagged that these people want to uh, agree to do an interview with me. I'm so excited. You know, it's... <laughs> Kind of, in, some of them are um, TV and Instagram famous. Some of them are TikTok famous. I'm just so excited. I cannot wait to share these interviews with you all. Um, please um, go into the comments section on this post, um, on this uh, on Instagram, on Twitter, retweet, share, Facebook, however you, it comes about your way. Um, it, go into the description on this post. Um, click those links so people can, so you can be connected to us and have conversations and dialogue and get connected to other episodes. Um, if you're listening on Apple, please give us a five star. I think, what is this? Hold on. Let me look this up because I know I have the number here. Come on, computer. Turn on girl. Let me go to the dashboard. Let me go to the dashboard so I can, so I can kind of read y'all real quick. Just right quick, right quick. Because I think, what is this? What does this say? What does this say? This says that 53% of people listen to us on Apple Podcasts. So all you iPhone people, um, go right there to your, right down there, hit that five star, leave a nice comment so people can be able to find our podcast and hear this lovely content of me, <laughs> of me talking all the damn time. Um, Spotify at a nice, uh, nice 14% and then 26% is other and then some other ones, but, um, yes. And then also our overseas people, um, hello, Canada, Canada's not overseas girl, <laughs> uh, Germany. We have a nice whopping few percent of Germany listening to us, um, United Kingdom and some other countries that are really amazing. So please, and then mostly that our women are listening to our uh, people who are at least women or assigned female at birth or listen to our podcast the most. So please go into the um, to the comments section, um, 
into the um, podcasting app, rate and review, share the podcast so other people can find it. Um, Again, really excited for these interviews coming up. My birthday episode should be super duper fun. I cannot wait for it. The week of Thanksgiving, there will not be an episode. Again, the week of Thanksgiving, there will not be an episode. So make sure you're looking out for that. Um, I love you all. And please try to search for the humanity within each other and try to do a, um, a good job of listening and understanding and having a willingness to grow and trying to see things from other people's perspectives. Because I think that's really what's going to make the difference. Um, happy Scorpio season. I love you guys. And bye. Thank you all so much for tuning in to Black to the Future. Yes, thank you for joining us. And if you want to continue the conversation with us, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Black to the Future Podcast. And don't forget to use the hashtag Black to the Future Podcast as well. Share the content and please leave positive reviews. Yeah, all that. <laughs> and we will see y'all in the future. Don't you mean Black to the Future? Oh, I guess you're right. We'll see y'all black Black to to the the future. future.